I'm Brandy. I'm a recovered compulsive reader food addict. Um, thanks for having me here. Um, I normally don't fly in at two minutes before a meeting, but my dog had other 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 plans for me before this meeting, and so um, I'm sorry that it was so rushed. But uh, thank you for having me here and asking me to come and do this. I'm actually from Alberta, Canada, and so um, I come from a long ways away. Um, I've been in the rooms since I was 16 years old, so um, about uh, 27 years now. And um, my experience in the rooms has been um, a story of relapse and, you know, the on and off and on and off. And, um, you know, I grew up in a home that I thought was pretty normal. Um, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of you know any sort of abuse or anything my dad was emotionally abusive for sure um now that i look at it my family was very obsessed about my weight and you know what i was doing with food and when they say it's a family disease um i know that to be true um everyone was very obsessed with what brandy was doing with her food why brandy was getting so fat why you know um why I was eating so much and you know my mom in her best efforts tried to control it tried to you know do anything she could to get me to stop eating um and I know today that you know as much as her efforts were in good heart she was never going to be able to help like get me to stop eating because you know if you're a real compulsive breeder we have the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind and which I had and, you know, no human power is going to get me to stop, you know, no matter what the, um, like she used to say, you know, if you, if you lose weight, I'll buy you, I'll buy you a new wardrobe, I'll do this, I'll do that. And like, to somebody that's like 14, 15 at the time, like, that's cool. Like, I really wanted that new wardrobe. I wanted all those things that, that I was promised, but I could never get them. Um, and I never could realize, I never knew why why is it that I would you know want to be thin so badly and you know want to be like everyone else but yet I, my face was always in the cupboard or at the drive-through at McDonald's or wherever and I just I, I I didn't know what was wrong with me um I would go on diets and like thousands of dollars spent, spent by my mom thank god I got into OA um, so early because a lot of my money was not spent on diets but it, a fair share was because even in the rooms I still thought I could find easier softer ways um, and so I ended up you know I mean I would go on them I'd lose like 10-15 pounds and then I would be eating again um, when I walked through the doors of OA it was uh, 298 pounds and um, I was I was 16 and I, I was miserable and I was so angry and I just didn't know why life was the way it was. And did I, I did not want to be in a 12-step program at that point. Um, but God had brought me here. And, uh, you know, I remember my first meeting going in and seeing like a bunch of skinny people. And I'm like, why are skinny people still here? Like, what are they doing? Isn't this just a one and done? Like you get the diet, you go and you lose your weight. Why are they still here? And, you know, they, they continue to be there. And, what I found in a way is that, you know, this is a lifelong commitment, uh, like a program that I have to do one day at a time for the rest of my life, if I want to stay in the place of neutrality with food. And 
so I, when I came in, I worked the steps. I lost over a hundred pounds very, very quickly. Um, and then, you know, at that time I wasn't going to school. I had dropped out of school because I was pissed off. And like, I was just, I was, I was, a, I was a tough kid. I was a hard kid. And, um, so I ended up, you know, just focusing my whole life on programming people at that time, because that was, you know, 26 years ago. Um, they did, they, they focused a lot on the big book. And so, you know, I remember going to people's houses and doing big book studies and, you know, and, and the message at that time had some depth and weight. Um, and then I, you know, OA kind of went through a transition and, and I used that transition um, for my own good that, that like let my disease in. And it was like, oh, okay. Like I would go to meetings and like, they were dumping grounds. They, they weren't really, I didn't hear anything that I wanted. I would feel way more depressed when I would leave. And, you know, and, and then my disease used that. It's like, well, what, you don't have to do that. Like that's, it's just a place where people are just talking about how fat they are and, you know, and then they're not doing anything about it. And so, you know, those lies in my head would tell me that OA, OA is not no good anymore. And so, you know, I kind of like, I ventured in, ventured out, um, would go to a meeting maybe like, you know, once a month, twice a month, if that. Um, sometimes I wouldn't go for long periods of time. But in those long periods of time, I was trying other things to control my weight or control like how much I was eating. So the way that I think of it is I was either thinking about what diet I'm going to go on. I was either trying to stay on a diet or I was binging and hating myself because I couldn't stop. And, you know, that was my cycle of life. Like my life was about food and like it, food, food was my like BFF. We, you know, it never left. It always stayed with me through everything. And so, you know, and then I would be up and down and then I had a good spurt where, you know, I had taken off some weight and, but then like I ended up gaining that hundred pounds back. Um, and got up to 350 pounds this time so you know this disease is progressive like I I have the experience where you know I stopped eating for a time and then thought that oh well maybe I can eat like a normal person <clears throat> and then you know and then there I was at 350 pounds and life was really hard at that weight you know there is something to be said about like being that big you know life changes like you know, can't fit into, I didn't travel because I was too fat. I didn't, you know, do, I, I didn't, I stopped going to restaurants even because I couldn't, like, I would have to scope out a booth that was big enough. And if they took me to a booth, I would have to say, can we have a chair? And then the chairs hurt. Like, you know, there was just so many physical, um, demoralizing things about this disease. It's, you know, it's a hard, hard disease to be you know, overweight. And, and the thing is, is everybody sees it, you know, we're not hiding anything, like the, the public sees it. And, you know, they may not know what, what's happening, you know, they, they, most opinions of normies are just put down the fork and, you know, and, that, and that's fine. And you know what, if I could have put down the fork, I would have put down the fork, but I couldn't put down the fork. And, you know, and so I, that's, 
then I, you know, went into like, I have, I've been married twice, not good at relationships. Like, you know, I just have the classic case of an addict, like of the dysfunctional mess that I've made of my life. And, you know, I continued to do that. I think that my life was better because of OA, you know, like I made some better choices, but I never got fully honest. I never, you know, like I still, my liar was still in my head and told me things that I believed and on, I could convince you that it was true too. And so, you know, about, um, la- about 2018 was my bottom year. You know, I was, I had just, I had just come off a seven month run of putting down the food at that time. It was like, okay, well, I'm going to put down sugar. I'd work the steps through the big book and, you know, like life was getting better. It was getting better. Um, But again, I still wasn't entirely honest about what my alcoholic foods were. And I was still eating a lot of the things that, you know, were triggering my allergies. So it wasn't abstinence where it was peaceful. It was abstinence where I was still always thinking about food and trying to control it and obsessing. And, you know, it was like that dry drunk, right? Because I hadn't put down my food entirely. And so I continued with that for seven months and it it was getting really rocky. And at that time, my husband was diagnosed with cancer and um, I lost, I, I really lost my shit. I, I, you know, quickly went back to the food. Um, I held on for a little bit, but uh, it started with alcohol and uh, I'm not an alcoholic, but I don't use alcohol today because it affects my food. Um, and so, you know, we went through that and before that his mom had passed away and, you know, we had a lot of stuff go on in our lives and, and then his dad ended up passing away while he was going through cancer treatment. And so there was just a lot of loss and a lot of trauma. And, um, then my mom, who was my best friend was diagnosed, um, in the same year with pancreatic cancer and died in that year. And that devastated me. Um, I, I was eating like unbelievable amounts. I had put on 40 pounds in, you know, a matter of, I think it was two or three months. Um, my mom was so sick and she was dying and all she, you know, kept saying to me is like, Brandy, you're not going to continue to do this. Are you like, you're going to get some help. You're going to, you know, and my mom knew that I went away and like, but she hadn't seen it work in a very long time. And so I just said, I'm like, no mom, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. And, but I wasn't able, I wasn't able to, I wanted to be there for this woman so badly, but I wasn't able to, because I was in the food and you know, I remember going to her house and like caring for her and they had a huge cookie jar and that cookie jar, I hit it every single time. Every time I went to that house, that cookie jar was gone. And then my cousin would make more cookies. So every time I went, there was like endless cookies and I would eat them all because the pain was so bad for me. You know, watching my best friend, my, like my love, she was just, you know, I have so much love in my heart for my mom. And she was dying. It was my worst nightmare coming true and before my eyes. And it wasn't a pretty death. That was really hard to watch. So I continued to eat. I started using outside issues to, to numb the pain. And, you know, I just, that that's the road I continued until she died. And so 
I ended up seeking some outside help after she died because I just couldn't do this on my own. I could not put down the food. Like people kept saying to me, put down the food for three days and then we'll work the steps. We'll go through it. 72 hours. Well, I couldn't make that 72 hours, you know, or I wasn't willing to, right? I just wasn't at that place where I could. So I sought some outside help. I was able to put down the food. And as of September 12, 2019, I've been clean from all my alcoholic foods. This time I got honest with what my foods were, like, you know, sugar, fat, flour, like they're the main combination ingredients in all my binge foods. Um, and so, you know, those were put down at that time and along with anything else that was mind altering. And since that time, my life has transformed. When I got out of treatment, I went directly into the steps. Um, I knew that I would only be able to hang on so long without having the spiritual experience. I knew enough in like being around these rooms. I saw people who, who got this, they, you know, they, they were in healthy body weights. They weren't obsessed with food anymore and their lives were pretty great. And I could never imagine that. I could never imagine a life being great without the food. And, you know, and so I just, I just believed that maybe this could happen for me too. And, you know, seeing it in other people, the people that went before me doing this, I, you know, we, I just believed like in step three, where it says made a decision, like all I made that decision was just to continue to work the steps. And maybe, maybe God had me too, you know, maybe I wasn't unique, like my disease always told me I was, you know, why can't I get it? And everyone else can. Well, that's bullshit. Um, Anybody can get this. It's just that we have to be in a place of desperate and willing to go to any lengths. Like I had to be willing, I had to be open and I had to be honest. And, you know, those were things that were very foreign to me. And, but this time it was like, I was dying. This disease was killing me and I couldn't do it anymore. I couldn't imagine another day in the food and I couldn't imagine, you know, doing, doing the program. So it says in the big book, you know, that we have but two alternatives. We go on to the bitter end, like we were, which was really shitty, or we accept spiritual help. And, you know, today I accept spiritual health, our help. And, um, you know, life has changed. My life is not the way it was a year and a year and three months ago. I, I am neutral with food 100%. Food is not an issue for me as long as I keep in fit spiritual condition. Um, part of the other reason why I was late is I was doing my meditation and I set it for five hours instead of five minutes. And I'm like, oh shit. Um, so, you know, but those are the things I have to do today. I have to make sure I connect with my higher power every morning. You know, like, God, what would you have me be? How can I be helpful? How can I serve today? You know, somebody texted me, I think last night at seven o'clock or eight o'clock asking me if I would do this meeting. You know, if I don't have any other service commitments or if I have nothing going on, I have to do service today. It's not an option. God wants me to be helpful to him and his kids. And that means showing up differently today. I never showed up before. I always, you know, I always tried to duck out. I never answered my phone. When I saw it was OA people, I'm like, ah, like, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk about the program. You know, I don't, I don't want to do that. Today, I answer my phone because that's what God would have me be today. And, you know, it's no longer the Brandy show because the Brandy show gets me back in my disease, right? Like that is how it works. Um, I also know today that I have a voice in my head that's a liar and it's going to tell me lies to get me back to the food. So God needs to be more powerful than that liar. And 
you know, I really believe, although I was, I identify as a chronic relapser, I think I had a step one problem. I never admitted to myself that I was a compulsive reader. OA was my best kept secret for all those years. I never told anyone. Sometimes my husbands didn't even know are my partners. And, you know, I just didn't, I, I was ashamed. I'm like, how? you know, like so ashamed. Not only did I have to carry around a fat body, but I also had to tell people that I can't stop eating food. Like, this is really embarrassing for me, you know? And today I accept who I am and what I am. And I am very like, you know, I'm open to an extent. I don't go run around and say, yeah, you know, like I, I'm in a way. And, but I do, if, if there's a, if there's a need, I ask God, like, do I share? Do I not share? You know, um, it's not my best kept secret anymore. And, um, you know, I just, I also used to like really balk at this whole God idea, like take your God idea, like that's not going to work. And this is, that's, that was my attitude is like, you know, I, I challenged everything that people said to me, like, I wanted like science to prove it and tell me how that's going to work. And you know what? I don't know how this worked and I don't know why I'm abstinent today. And I don't know why I'm free from the compulsive overeating. All I can tell you is that I work the steps and I continue to live in 10, 11, and 12. I carry the message and I show up every day and do God's will. And food's not an issue. You know, never in my life did I think that I was going to have a life beyond food. And, you know, I'm down 122 pounds from my top weight, which is, you know, I'm, it's just such a gift, right? Like the weight is the gift. And, um, but it's not like when I look at, the fact that of what my life looks like today, the relationships I have in my life, like that far outweighs the weight, far outweighs it. You know, the fact that it is kind of cool to be able to go into a normal store and buy clothes, like that's, that's cool. Um, and, and just the freedom that not carrying around so much weight brings, right? Like, you know, on New Year's, I could go skating with my family. I could do those things. I couldn't do those things before because I, you know, I was either on the sidelines or in the end, towards the end, I was like in my bed because I just couldn't, I couldn't participate in life because all I wanted to do was sleep and die. Like, cause I was just getting so big and, and, and I couldn't help myself, but eat all the time. Um, you know, but there's, there's hope in these rooms. There's like, I, I ask God every day, show me, show me where I can be helpful. Show me how, show me who needs me. Show me, you know, I have a new employer today. Brandy's not the employer. I have a new employer and that's God. And my only aim in life today is just to serve him. And that means in my family too. My family was very affected by my disease. And so I need to show up and be of service to them. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm still human. And I'm just so glad that these steps allow me to be human and correct any new mistakes that I make. You know, I can still like not think and say things that aren't, you know, kind and loving, even though I try and show up kind and loving and, you know, tolerant of others. Sometimes I don't. And that's just me being human. And so, you know, today I just try and do my best and I know that God loves me and, and, and I'm just okay. And, you know, I went from a place of never being good enough, never, like it was always, I just was not good enough. And today I just feel like, you know, I'm, I'm an okay person and God loves me and yeah, with that I'll pass. So thank you for allowing me to share.